just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year to think that we're going to beat the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. I'm Jacob Krasno alongside my trusty co-host and hetero life mate, Sean Haspel. Uh, Allison Whitlock is once again working for the man. Um, but we are bringing you this quasi-emergency podcast because Dennis Allen has been named head coach for the New Orleans Saints. He's the 11th full-time head coach, obviously succeeding Sean Payton. And uh, apparently, Sean has just informed me moments before we started recording this podcast that shit is hitting the fan with the Saints staff. There's a shakeup. So, Sean, what is going on? I have not been on Twitter. Uh, yeah. In the last few hours. So what, what's what's happening? Well, as your uh, Twitter addicted uh, source, secondhand source for all of this information, um, uh, it seems like Dennis Allen is, uh, after being hired, we're recording this on, on Thursday, and he was officially uh, introduced uh, in a really um, encouraging press conference on Airline Drive uh, with all of the Saints dignitaries and luminaries present and, and uh, singing his praises uh, yesterday on Wednesday. But uh, one day later, um, Dennis Allen is really kind of uh, dr- uh, putting his fingerprints all over um, what will be his initial staff and uh, um, the staff that will uh, be the first impression of his, his tenure as coach. Um, really all the moves at this point are coming on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, it had been reported yesterday that Pete Carmichael, um, didn't even, he, he not, he didn't even enter. He would decline to interview for the head coaching job, but he also apparently doesn't even want to be the offensive coordinator himself, but he's, he's going to be sticking around on the staff, um, in, in some role, whether he stays QB coach or is some like senior offensive analyst that's to be determined. Um, but Pete Carmichael is staying, but we have a number of coaches, uh, that have been reported, uh, throughout the day today, uh, who are, uh, out from the previous year's staff and their replacements. Uh, some of them have already been named, uh, number one, uh, Brendan Nugent, who was in his first year as, uh, the O-line coach for the saints after serving uh, in an assistant role, I think since 2015 or 16 um, under Dan Ruchar, uh, he is out and is being replaced by former saints offensive coordinator, Doug Marone, who was the Bama O-line coach this year. Um, and, uh, but his assistant, Zach Streif, uh, who we obviously all know and love is staying to work under his old coach, Doug Marone. So um the Saints O-line obviously struggled a lot this year. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to like totally point all the fingers at the new O-line coach. I mean, we had terrible injuries and stuff, but um, right. Cesar Ruiz definitely did uh, arguably regressed in his development, uh, which was really, really uh, a major anchor uh, weighing down um, on the neck of the offense all season. I mean, he was the only offensive lineman who was healthy all season and he was bad in a lot of games. So uh, 
this could definitely be seen as a positive step there. Uh, Dan Ruscher, our older line coach who moved over to tight ends this year, um, he is staying on staff, as is reportedly uh, Joel Thomas, uh, our running backs coach, um, and and uh, a few other coaches who are apparently out. Uh, Jim Cheney, who was uh, actually way back when Drew Brees' offensive coordinator at uh, Purdue and had been um, at various other college teams over the last couple decades, uh, whether Tennessee, Georgia, other places. Um, he was, he was just an analyst for us. I think just this one uh, year in 2021, but he was asked uh, not to return under Dennis Allen's staff. Um, also out is Darren Darrenpole. I don't know if I, oh, Dan Darrenpole, excuse me, our longtime strength, strength coach who'd been on Peyton staff since 06. Uh, he is out. And uh, that's obviously like not a name that a lot of people know, but um, the strength coach, obviously like, plays a huge role in um, the like physical shape that a, a, a football team is in. And that also can correlate to injuries. Um, maybe my dad's uh, uh, theory that the something was rotten in, in on airline. And when it came to the Saints injury, <laughs> injury practices, maybe there was some truth to it. Uh, um, uh in actuality, like maybe not the trainers themselves or the doctors, but um, starting at the the root of the problem with our strength program. So for whatever reason, or whether it was uh, an issue that Dennis Allen found with uh, Dar- uh, um strength uh, coaching practices, or maybe they just didn't get along personally. Uh, we don't know that, um, but he's out and uh, the the hire that uh, DA will bring in here uh, certainly will, will be important. Uh, uh, the other big departure, uh, and and this one actually is is, is kind of sad. Uh, Curtis Johnson, who is the longtime beloved uh, wide receivers coach for the Saints, he was on uh, Sean Payton's original staff, uh, left to be the head coach at Tulane for a, a brief stretch, uh, and was at the Bears for a year, and then came back. Um, he was informed that he is not being retained under the new staff for this year. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe he sticks around in some like senior capacity, but um, I mean, he's also a little bit older, so he could just honestly retire. He's had a great career um, winning a national championship at the U uh, on the 2001 uh, legendary Miami Hurricanes team. And then obviously with the Saints uh, winning a Super Bowl in 2009, um, so best luck to Curtis Johnson, um, whatever his next steps are. We, we love CJ. He's true New Orleans legend. Um, and the name that, that might be tied to his replacement, it, it's been reported today that he is possibly being brought on the staff uh, in some capacity. Uh, is John Morton, uh, who was uh, the Saints wide receiver coach uh, actually during a couple of those years that CJ was was gone um, uh, in in 2015 and 2016, uh, which uh, our hopefully couple listeners might remember, uh, 2016 being the year of the BMW offense, and that was Brandon Cooks's last year with the Saints, Michael Thomas's first year with the Saints, and Willie uh, and uh, Willie Seen was on that team too. That was the year that uh, both uh, Cooks and uh, Mike Thomas had 1,100 yards. Uh, receiving and Willie had like 
850 or 900 or something like that. It was yeah. really kind we were of close to having three thousand yard receivers. Yeah, exactly. And I think Willie might have missed a game or two that that year, and uh, would have probably topped a thousand yards himself uh, had he played all sixteen. So, and that and that really was the last year that we've had um, anything, any kind of numbers looking like that from uh, uh, our, our pass catchers. So. Um, it was talked about that maybe uh, John Morton we brought back as some kind of passing game coordinator, but uh, nothing's been finalized yet. Um, so uh, it's TBD on whether uh, Mike, Mike Thomas would be reunited with his rookie uh, wide receiver coach um, or not, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, kind of the big footnote in all of that is that uh, – Doug Marone or, or none of these uh, offensive guys are going to be the offensive coordinator. We are still looking for an offensive coordinator. So the uh, dream of uh, an Eric Bieniemy offensive coordinator uh, uh, dream hire is still in play. Uh, Jacob, uh, what are your thoughts on this crazy whirlwind of uh, this new era of the Saints uh, beginning? Yeah, it's kind of hard to – have an opinion mm-hmm. since we don't know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. I think it's a little weird that right. we would hire all these coaches before on offensive coordinator. I would think that that coach right. would want some input in his staff. Right. But yeah, it's a lot of inside baseball and, and the offense is like the scary part of the Dennis Allen hire. Right. You don't know what he's going to do with the offense. Obviously, hiring him is uh, a clear indication that the team that the the team brass wants to preserve the organizational culture and consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't solve the gaping hole we have pretty much on the entire side of the offensive side of the football. Um, yeah, yeah. I, having Eric Bieniemy would be. It would be a dream team. It would, you know, you would have arguably the top two coordinators in the league. Dennis Allen being a former defensive coordinator, now head coach, and Eric Bieniemy being yeah. the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. Uh, uniting would be, you know, if we have enough talent on offense and the veteran players on defense don't regress at all, then, like you said the last time we potted, this is a team that instantly is in contention. Um, but there's a lot of questions that need to be answered before we get to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to think of all this. Um, I, in general, like the Allen hire is like fine. I, yeah. It's whoever was going to be the new head coach is kind of the ugly stepsister because you have to follow in Sean Payton's footsteps and, I don't know, man. Like, I'm still a little like bitter about the way it all went down, and a little beaten sure. down emotionally about everything. Um, and a B enemy hire or any other coach that like wasn't familiar with the Saints, like a total outsider, um, would have brought with them a sense of excitement, but. Like we know what Dennis Allen is to an extent. So I think maybe unfairly that sort of tempers the reaction. Um, I will say 
Allen was very impressive in his introductory. He was. He is like a very buttoned up public speaker, uh, more so than, than Sean Payton, I think. Yeah. Um, There was a little bit of like, I don't know. He seemed like, like a, a fake coach. Like if you wrote like a coach part in a movie, that's kind of how he came off in some ways. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, because he is just talking to the media and that isn't really indicative of what goes on behind closed doors. But uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of fun listening to him. Um, Yeah. I don't feel, I definitely don't feel bad. Um, I think we're all nervous about the offense and what they're going to do there, but overall it's, it's fine, I guess. I mean, we really expect anything else to happen. No, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I think Dennis Allen was the widely expected choice, the reasonable choice, the safe choice. But I, I do feel like myself and probably yourself and uh, a, a lot of Saints fans out there would have liked maybe a maybe more exciting hire potentially. Like uh, that said, I mean, like, like, hiring like Jim Harbaugh or something, something crazy. I don't know. Like exciting isn't, shouldn't be the, the barometer we're all using. I mean, like yeah. there's plenty of like urban Meyer was an exciting hire for Jacksonville. And the, like, we all know how that worked out. Too so excited at the club. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so I don't know. It's, it's definitely like playing it safe. Um, but I guess to I, counter my own, I'm sorry. Well, to counter my own argument briefly, like, yeah, just because Dennis Allen is a defensive specialist doesn't mean that we can't or won't have offensive success. You look right. at Sean McDermott in Buffalo, he's a defensive coach and they have arguably the best, most talented offense in the league. Yeah. Um, look at Bill Belichick. He's a defensive yeah. guy and he's been able to find people like um, what's his name? McDaniels. McDaniels. He's yeah. had a bunch of, a bunch of offensive coordinators like that. I mean, they've had Tom Brady for the past, you know, from 2001 to 2018 or whatever, 2019. Um, But they've been able to have success on the offensive side of the ball with a defensive minded head coach. So it can happen and it might happen and hopefully it does. But anyway, you were saying. No, no, no. Um, uh, I I don't remember what I was going to say, but I, yeah, like you were saying, it does seem like, Allen knows that he needs to have almost like a rock star offensive coordinator come in. And apparently it's not going to be some promotion from within. Um, and it's some of these moves uh, seem like it's laying the groundwork for that potentially. Um, so I, keeping the dream alive that Eric, the enemy um, comes in as our OC wants to, get out from Andy Reid's shadow and realizes that at this point he almost it's like he's stuck between a rock and a hard pace is that he needs like he's obviously having team success staying in Kansas City but unless Andy Reid retires sometime soon and I don't know he's only I think 63 or something so he could coach for another 10 years um then Biennemi might not have a, a real shot at this point to be a head coach unless he gets out and proves that he can be a successful uh, builder of an offense 
away from Andy Reid and away from a guy like Patrick Mahomes. If speaking hypothetically, if Eric Bieniemy came to the Saints, and um, I mean, God, if if we were able to pull off a Russell Wilson trade, which I think the possibility of that would be uh, reignited uh, with a guy like Eric Bieniemy running our offense. But even even if we can't, if if he if we run it back with Jameis and he turns Jameis into a Pro Bowler, I I think that is a great resume note for him um, to become a head coach. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, but um, yeah, I, I definitely think Allen uh, understands the gravity of the situation uh, and need knowing. Obviously, he knows that the offense can't uh, needs. Some some fix, or he would have just run it back with the offensive staff. So um, we don't know how that's going to turn out. Um, we'll have to tune into our next pod probably uh, to to get an update there. But uh, I think all signs are are pretty pretty encouraging. Yeah, I will make one bold prediction about this offense in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I don't think Taysom Hill is going to play quarterback. No. Maybe he'll uh, come in not. every now and then for like a gadget play, but I think now that Peyton is gone and his pet project of turning him into the next Steve Young is pretty much dead. Whoever succeeds uh, Carmichael as the offensive coordinator is going to look at Taysom Hill and say, no, that athlete needs to be running routes or, or playing H-back or tight end. And that's where they're going to be most useful right. moving forward. Speaking of Eric Bieniemy. You hinted last time that he's had some issues. There are some rumors about him sort of bubbling beneath the surface. He's interviewed for a lot of head coaching jobs and has not yeah. gotten them and is a pretty high-profile offensive coordinator. What are we dealing with? Like The Saints, obviously, are very image-conscious. Um, yeah. They, Especially like under Gale's leadership the last couple of years, it seems like they're very aware of how they're perceived and they want to be known as this family friendly entity. Um, so I could see why someone who has allegations lurking in the shadows might scare them. Um, what do you know about this? I don't remember the exact uh, list, but I, I think I know that in the uh, like, once or twice in the nineties and then in the early two thousands, I, I, I know it was like at least 15 years ago though. Um, there was one incident where he like verbally or maybe like pushed like a female parking attendant uh, at some place. And then he's also has a DUI on his record. Um, and th there was a, a couple other small, not, I don't want to say small to, to minimize them, but um, a couple other in incidents similar to that. I think maybe he got in like a bar fight at some point. Um, I mean, a lot of these incidents, I mean, they were a long time ago and uh, obviously like people can change and I don't believe he has any like public incidents in the last 15 years. Uh, and I mean, obviously like the chiefs don't have any issues with them. That being said, like chiefs also like have some pretty like questionable characters on their roster. Uh, yeah. Andy Reid's well. son killed somebody in a car accident. Didn't he? Yeah. Not to like get too grim, but both of Andy Reid's Andy Reid isn't exactly like father of the year. Like his one son was like a junkie who like ended up ODing and like dying. And his other son who was his, like one of his assistants um, uh, 
in Kansas City uh, for a few years, like, yeah, got in a DUI and, and killed someone. And then obviously, like, got fired. I think the trial's still maybe ongoing, but um, he's got fired, obviously, from the Chiefs after that. So, uh, so all, all of that is to say, like, um, I only brought any of that up just because. Uh, Eric Bieniemy being employed for a long time by the Chiefs isn't he like absolve like guarantee that he's uh, a, a good uh, dude. Um, but Did that being Andy said, Reed like all his third son, it's it's possible. I mean, who knows? But ah, um, the baby. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, so Bieniemy definitely does have like some uh, incidents in his past. I mean, that being said, like the NFL, like hires a ton of people, like with incidents in their past and like even way more recent than, than, than uh, the enemy has on record. So I don't know if that, those per se are uh, the reasons why he hasn't gotten hired from what I believe are, I think he's interviewed for nine different head coaching jobs over the last like four years and uh, hasn't gotten any of them at this point. Um I thought you were going to say that he beat the shit out of his wife. Or no, I wife. I don't believe I'll have to, or something. No, I'll have to find the article. I don't believe there were any like domestic, uh, in like hardcore domestic incidences or like any incidents of like sexual violence or anything like that. So um, just kind of like some drunken, disorderly type things. Um, Look, if we can employ but, uh, uh, Alvin Kamara, then we can employ some oh God. Of track record. Do you want to talk about DUI this in the pod? Isn't serious. Uh, I think we should have we take to. a break from the coach. Yeah, yeah. I guess this qualifies for our emergency pod. Um, yeah, a few days ago, or I guess literally like right after the Pro Bowl this past weekend, uh, Alvin Kamara was arrested by Las Vegas Police Department for apparently the day before the Pro Bowl, like the morning before the Pro Bowl, um, he and his posse beat up beat the shit out of a guy at a nightclub, I guess. Allegedly. The, allegedly. Allegedly. Apparently it's all like caught on video though. So, and Alvin basically admitted to it uh, and much to his lawyer's chagrin. Um, he uh, uh, basically like said that he was like punching the guy, even as the guy was running away, which like oh. is uh, not what your lawyer would want you to say. Uh, so, Alvin is like, I don't think he's going to go to prison or anything. He'll like probably like have to pay the dude a bunch of money, like community service, like probation stuff like that. But unfortunately we probably will um, be missing Alvin for some people are saying six games, maybe eight games somewhere in between uh, for this upcoming season. So really shitty that we're going to have that hanging over our head. It's yeah, it depends. It's possible. I don't think we really know enough. That, yeah, it's that's true at this point. I, and especially like if you like hear the guy, uh, the, the victim's like account of the story, basically like he says that uh, there was like four dudes attacking him, but he only remembers Alvin Kamara attacking him. So it's like, oh, you like conveniently only remember like the famous like millionaire athlete and not his like no name buddies that were like beating you up. So ideally Alvin's goons will like take most of the charges for this and maybe Alvin can plead to a misdemeanor, plead down to a misdemeanor or something. I don't know. But that, that, that kind of brings me to my, my kind of like 
overarching takeaway from this incident was like, what, like, what is Alvin doing and what are his goons doing? Like how neither of them should have like, the goons should have like beaten up this guy at Alvin's direction. Like what's the point of having goons if like your goons aren't going to do your dirty work for you? Like that, that's a goon one Oh one. And yeah. like, I'm it's very kind of funny. Yeah. Like the, the uh, reaction of every, like including, you know, the guys on the saints happy hour podcast. Like I did the whole who that nation is just kind of like, where's the fall guy? Like why? Why? Yeah. Like fuck the dude who got beaten up. Who cares about him? It just shouldn't have been Camara beating him up. <laughs> right. Well, it definitely doesn't. It sounds like the dude who got beat up was not like a totally innocent party. I mean, like he had to have if... done something to promote. Yes. Alvin. Yeah. Alvin absolutely. Camara is not really like a like he just doesn't seem like someone who seeks out violence outside of definitely not the Superdome turf. Like I. Something was said. Words were exchanged. He was provoked. And I think yeah. my take on what is probably going to happen is that all this shit that got submitted as evidence, all these statements, all that's Camara's gonna hire some super lawyer and all that shit is gonna be like inadmissible on some like technicality. Yeah. Like they'll find a way to get him out of this. And maybe he'll be suspended for a game or two because it looks bad. But I yeah. I, I don't know. He's they, they always get out of these things. Yeah. I, gonna, I, 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 I hope that's the case. Uh, it's just like really funny that we like, we are starting off the Dennis Allen era with like a fresh new scandal. And like this team is all never lacking for drama and being a Saints fan is just the wildest roller coaster. Um, you could probably be on a, as a fan of, of sports teams. So, um, but we we love the roller coaster, and uh, that's 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 why we have a podcast about it. So, um, yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Any other thoughts about Dennis Allen, the direction of the team, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I mean, not, nothing too too crazy from what we've already said. I mean, it's 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 still too early to have a, a final opinion, and uh, this is going to be like a very fluid situation. Um, but, uh, uh, it's, it's exciting, you know, um, he's, he's, as he said in his press conference yesterday, he's just got to be himself and, um, kind of like walk that fine line of continuing, uh, uh, and, and, and strengthening the, uh, foundational culture that has been, uh, built, uh, season by season for, uh, uh, closely to two decades at this point. Um, by Sean Payton in the, in the previous regime. But at the same time, like Dennis Allen has to be his own man, his own coach, and uh, do things his way because uh, you have to be authentic. You have to be, be you, as he said. And, um, you know, yeah, it's uh, – we'll see how it goes, uh, for better or for worse. And um, Yeah. One yeah. of the things I, I lamented when Payton ditched us was – the loss of his swagger and his pettiness. Mm -hmm. um, but upon reflecting and thinking about how our defense has evolved over the last five years or so, a lot of the swagger on that side of the ball, like those are Dennis Allen's players. And I think yeah. he's probably quietly coached them to be like that, to be this 
boisterous unit that's going to let you know when they get a sack or when they get an interception. And For sure. I hope and I suspect that that attitude will permeate to both sides of the ball. Um, there's almost like a, like a meanness to it. Like Peyton was petty and would do things to troll people. But I, I keep thinking about Tom Brady running over to Dennis Allen during the nine to nine yeah. win this year in Tampa and yelling, fuck you. Like it yeah. seems like Allen is quietly scheming in his corner. And a lot of these, these defensive players with attitude, like I wonder if that trickles down from him and it's a little different than the Sean, Pe Sean Payton pettiness and arrogance, but it is an edge that I like. And I really hope that it, it comes out uh, in full force. I, yeah, I do too. I, I'm getting like this seeing suspicion that we're going to be like pleasantly surprised by a lot of those aspects of Dennis Allen. I mean, there's a lot, a lot more that goes into uh, being a head coach besides just having swagger and, and personality and, and really kind of like having that trickle down into the locker room and, and seep outward into the rest of the organization. But um, I, I think, uh, I mean, Dennis Allen, um, I mean, he was a, a player at a pretty high level himself, at least in college. And um, he, uh, he, he, he was around this locker room for, for 12 years. And uh, I think he, he picked up a, a thing or two. So um, that's, that's all, uh, that's my, my two cents for now. But um, yeah, I think let's wrap it up. And uh, um, for the, on our next pod, uh, we'll, we'll probably know who our offensive and defense coordinators are and, and can take it from there. Yeah. All right. I think we're still sponsored by Maker's Mark. I think. I don't know. If we're not, they're about to get free advertising. Uh, do you have an ad read you'd like to ad lib? Yeah, Maker's Mark. It's the uh, the fine whiskey for a uh, uh, defensive coordinator turned head coach who's looking to make his mark on the Houdat Nation. Maker's Mark. I see what you did there. All right. Yeah. For Sean Haspel and Allison Whitlock, who is absent, I am Jim <laughs> Krasno. And this is, boot or this is Black and Gold BS, the irreverent. Saints podcast from Boot for Media. Until next time, who dat? Who dat?